0: Welcome in to the 411 on wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, uh, back here on Tuesday with uh, some thoughts on the 2021 edition of the WWE Draft, which is officially in the books after uh, night one last week on SmackDown, night two on Raw this week, and uh, let's jump in to some thoughts on some of these moves. Um, you know, really, we always say they're going to be winners and losers when it comes to the draft, uh, but... A lot of that is yet to be determined based on how these people are booked, if they've switched brands or if they have new um, you know, talent to work with on the brand they were already on. So a lot of this is purely guesswork, uh, but we will uh, base it on what we've seen from WWE to this point and perhaps what we could see uh, with some of the people that have been sort of moved around. So all I have here is I have pulled up both of the rosters now that are going to be official on October the 22nd, which I think in and of itself is kind of strange to have the draft and then say, well, we're not going to start this for several weeks later, uh, but this is just how it works. We understand that. And so uh, this will take place after Crown Jewel on, uh, you know, following uh, that pay-per-view, which will be on October the 21st. So um, now let's go into looking at some of these moves. Uh, I think when you look at it, we'll start with Raw. Um, you know, I think one of the the biggest winners here right off the bat when you look at the new raw roster to me is Angelo Dawkins. Now, I know that may be one, you know, to start with. You're thinking, well, you know, they're not really placed as a as a top top act, but when you think about it, the Street Profits are a team that, you know, has really been used quite a bit. I mean, they've they haven't really fallen into any sort of uh spot beyond, you know, being a pretty featured tag team since they've been on the main roster, Uh, and we talked about it recently, the potential, you know, were they going to split up the street profits, which we'll get into the whole splitting up teams in just a few minutes, uh, because that was once again a theme in this draft as well, but I think Angelo Dawkins the winner here, because they didn't split up the street profits right off the bat, when they could have done that, and I think it would have felt like one of those compared to some of the others that they are splitting up, Uh, you know, whether that's uh, Tegan Knox and Jotzee, Um, whether it's Veer and Shanky or or some of the others, you know, that you look around these rosters and say, well, why did they split these up? Was there any reason for it? Nope, they just wanted to split it up to give you that draft, anything can happen type of feel. They kind of played up the possibility that this could happen with the Street Profits, with Dawkins and and Montez Ford. Uh, And, and, you know, we discussed potentially them going the route of making Montez Ford a, a, you know, a featured solo act, which they can still do even with both of them on Raw. But I think Dawkins is a winner here because I don't really think they had set anything up to make you think that had they split these two, uh, and let's say you put Ford on Raw, you put Dawkins on SmackDown, which I'm sure was considered at some point, um, You know they, they didn't really give you anything to believe that they were going to do anything with Dawkins beyond you know potentially him being another one of those uh, that we look at and say, well, the draft really hurt him more than it hurt his tag team partner. Um, so, again, that's nothing against Dawkins. I think he's, you know, they're, they're great in their act, but um, I think it's all about the setup. And, and I don't think they had really set up anything that well to where, had they broken these two up, Montez Ford just came off of a, you know, 20 minute main event on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. Meanwhile, Dawkins would have kind of probably been placed uh, in a position, I think, this early. Now, they could have built to something uh, eventually, but it just would have felt like they're doing this just for the sake of splitting him up. Uh, and I don't know what that would have meant. Angela Dawkins so I think that's one of the ones uh, that stands out for me I think Austin Theory another one that's probably a a pretty big winner uh, when you consider I know going from NXT there's always a risk but you know he had a he had a pretty fun role with the way uh, and everything they were doing in, in NXT but you know they immediately put him out there with Jeff Hardy and he gets the better of Jeff Hardy now I think how that plays out we'll see but clearly they see something In Austin Theory now versus, you know, when he was on the main roster, whatever, a year ago or however long it's been at this point. Um, So I think he can probably be considered one of the winners on this. You know, the whole Becky Lynch, uh, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, I think in in that scenario, I don't really know what maybe what you categorize them as because I, I don't, you know, they're basically just switching brands, some of them. And maybe we have the switching of the titles. Maybe Sasha wins the triple threat. At Crown Jewel, uh, since Becky and Bianca are both in that match and now they're on Raw, Sasha's on SmackDown. Maybe that's how you get the SmackDown championship. Uh, women's title back to SmackDown. Uh, and but then, you know, you've got the situation with the Raw women's title with Charlotte. I'm not sure what direction they go. Maybe they just swap the belts like we've seen before. I don't think they're gonna go that way, but I guess that's always a possibility with WWE. You could see that happen, but I don't know if there's a lot to take away from the women's side other than, you know, you're you're putting this in a scenario where Becky and Bianca are on the same brand, but they're just on Raw this time instead of on SmackDown, which of course also plays into one of the biggest winners, I think, of this draft, and that's the couples, because Seth Rollins also moves to Raw with Becky Lynch. Uh we talked about Montez Ford. Uh he moves to Raw or you know, he's on Raw now with uh Bianca Belair as well. So They keep the couples together, I think, for the most part. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not up to date necessarily on all my WWE uh, talent relationships, but uh, I think for the most part they did that for a lot of people here, if not everyone. Uh, There may be a few I'm forgetting, but uh, I think that was another uh, winner from this. I think when you look down the rest of them, you know, I don't know that there's a ton that stands out necessarily. You know, Edge goes back to Raw. I mean, I guess that gives you, you know, the possibility of, of doing perhaps Edge and AJ Styles at some point. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how long they're going to be able to get this Edge and Seth Rollins thing continuing, uh, but it's at least continuing for the the short term. Uh, so that gives you some new matches, I suppose, for Edge, uh, for the possibility now. You know, with him on Raw, Gable Stevenson, I think, has to be one of the the biggest winners, and the reason I say this is because this is someone who is not. You know, he's not been in NXT. He's not been in any of that. Like, he is someone who is going straight from essentially being signed to being drafted to Raw. Like, he's not, you know, NXT, none of that. And he had mentioned in an interview recently, and we, we put, you know, some of the quotes on the site on 41 maniacom about how he thought he was going to go straight to the main roster. They have set up this whole kind of training system and everything for him. Even though he's still there, you know, collegiately at Minnesota doing the stuff there, like they have set it up to where they're going to have him ready. And so I think, you know, for him personally, he has to be considered one of the biggest winners of this draft, uh, even if fans don't necessarily know what to expect from him. And he is someone that, you know, has not is not going to be training long once they eventually do put him, um, you know, in this sort of spot, which I don't think is going to be anytime soon. I don't think he's just going to be out there wrestling on Raw on October 22nd or anything. That's not going to happen. But They do get, you know, the press, the media, which we know that he loves that stuff, to be able to have an Olympic gold medalist like this uh, and to push that as someone who's going to be on Raw. um, That that does give them, you know, something they can use there until he is ready, which we don't know when that's going to be. But I think he has to be, you know, again, considered one of the biggest winners uh, just based on making that jump there. Uh, Some of the others, Kevin Owens, I think, is someone else that remains to be seen I feel like Kevin Owens is always kind of in that spot to where you're like okay they're getting ready to really kind of push him further and further and further which you know we've seen him be in some of these top feuds before I don't want to make it as though WWE has never pushed this guy of course they have but I feel like he's kind of been in a holding pattern for quite a while now and maybe this switch to Raw is going to help him in terms of you know put him in a spot where now there are some fresh matchups, you know, maybe he's someone that could work with Edge. I mean, he can work with some of these other guys, uh Bobby Lashley and and people like that on Raw. So, I think that's another one that that's, you know, remains to be seen, probably yet to be determined of how necessarily we look at that from a grading standpoint. Uh is it a big win for Kevin Owens? We'll see. I think the same for someone like Liv Morgan, who, you know, we've seen them now recently start to get pretty interested in pushing Liv Morgan, is that the same now that she goes to Raw and she is, you know, still there in that spot behind a Becky Lynch, behind a Bianca Belair and such? Um, how does that unfold for her? So that's another intriguing one. Elsewhere, when you look down the roster, um, again, I'm just going through this here and looking, I, I mean, I assume that for, you know, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, it's a change of scenery, them going to Raw as well. I don't know necessarily kind of where they're slotted. We know they've kind of had the the, the interesting back and forth with them, and um, kind of the <laughs> Ray playing the the overbearing father and all this stuff, uh, seemingly, and in, in some of the stuff they've been doing recently. But uh, there's another you know possibility. We'll see kind of what comes of that. But you know gives them a a fresh change of pace, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world for them at this point. Uh, elsewhere, I mean the the rest of the raw roster. I mean we pointed out the sort of the splitting of some of the ones you know, like Tegan Knox, the split from Shotzi, which, you know, is one of those where it's like, oh, hey, look, the draft, anyone can get split up, teams can get split up. I think that's another one where it's just like, all right, we're just doing it to do it. We're doing it to play up that that theme that anything can happen in the WWE draft uh, where teammates can get split up when these two seemingly were due a WWE Women's Tag Team title shot for, uh, what, a couple of months now, it feels like. Uh, maybe it hasn't been that long, but um, yeah, they, they never got their opportunity despite beating the champions and, uh, now they're split up. So they're no longer a team. So we'll see if that benefits both of them. Uh, or is this one of those where when you look around at the women's tag team division, what does that look like now? Right? Cause they split up Natalia and Tamina too. That's another one that we look at. Tamina's now on Raw and on SmackDown. So I, I feel like that it's just, it's sort of stop and start, which is nothing new with the women's tag team, uh, titles. And now you broken up, you know, several of your teams that they didn't have a whole lot of teams to begin with. So uh that's another I would probably point out as sort of a curious move, but is it surprising? No, uh it's not. We talked about the Veer and Shanky one. Uh Veer also on um, you know, he's also there on Raw now and Shanky's on SmackDown. So if we go over to the SmackDown roster, you know, that's where you see some of these other I think you you look at it and right off the bat, I think we could start with the call-ups. From NXT, um, you know, you've got Aaliyah, you've got Hit Row, you've got Ridge Holland. I think this is, this is what we always judge it on, right? Like, this is where we see, for the people who get called up from NXT, what does this look like for them? And I think Hit Row, to me, is the biggest one. To where, where do they go from here uh, when it comes to trying to figure out... How is that act going to look? Because, I mean, we've seen it. Like, this is a, to me personally, like, this is a great group. I enjoy this group and have enjoyed them in NXT. But what does it look like on the main roster? Because there is going to be, you know, a lot more to it. And, you know, yes, there's still going to need to be some work from an in-ring standpoint. Um, you know, for, for some of the people involved, I know people were talking about, you know, the match between BFAB and Electra Lopez on NXT 2.0 recently wasn't the greatest match. You could see the potential there, but it was clear that, you know, still needed to be some work, and um, that just comes with more experience. So maybe this is, hey, we're gonna bring them up, and someone like b is gonna get an opportunity to, to get that experience on the main roster, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but it will probably take time, perhaps, uh, to be able to kind of get to that point, and I think this is where, how does WWE handle some of these acts that were put together in NXT, um, that were kind of managed, uh, you know, up until the the new revamp, how do they continue to kind of that momentum? Does it continue? Or is it, okay, we have a group here, we have a faction, how long is it until we break them up? Like, I think sometimes that's what, you know, we wait on and say, all right, how long is it going to take them to break this group up? Uh, which we just talked about, sort of the theme with the tag teams and such. Uh, so I think that's a that's an interesting thing we look at moving forward. You know, that's certainly a storyline is what, what, you know, does Hit Row do from here? Rich Holland, you know, the duo with Pete Dunn, what does it look like for Rich Holland? Rich Holland kind of feels like a Vince guy, so maybe you know it's going to work out well for him, and perhaps there's some possibilities there for what he could do. Uh, so that that I think is something right off the bat you look at and, and wonder, okay, what does it look like here for these people like that? Zia Lee is another one uh, that gets called up. You know, what does it look like for her? Because by the way, you know there there's someone like Tony Storm who was called up what a couple months ago now. She hasn't done a whole lot. And so this is kind of what we look at and say when they make these call-ups from NXT, what is your expectation? Like there are higher expectations for some of these people who were featured in, in you know, more top spots in NXT, like a hit row, I think. But you also know there's the possibility that, hey, you could have some of these people that just wind up sitting in the back, not doing a whole lot. And that's always the risk you're gonna run when you maybe have that disconnect, which perhaps is not as much of a disconnect as it used to be, with the main roster in NXT. We like we know that's not the case anymore, but uh, that is something that you're always going to have in the back of your mind when you look at it that way. So that is something to look at there with the NXT call-ups. Um, then we go beyond that, you know, an Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo now on SmackDown, so they make the move over, as do uh, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. So we've seen that sort of mini-feud on Raw recently. There's a couple tag teams, at least they're trying to Keep in the mix. Uh, I, for one, am a sort of a big fan of the the Garza Carrillo thing. I think there's potential there, but it's what do you do with them? You know, how do you how do you use them moving forward? Uh, so that's another thing that you look at here. We talked about Charlotte moving from Raw to SmackDown. I think that's another one. It remains to be seen. I mean, is she gonna keep the Raw Women's Title on SmackDown? No. How do they get out of that? What do they do about it? um uh, you know does she just instantly become the smackdown champion i don't think so that wouldn't be my prediction right now i think sasha probably i assume wins it at crown jewel uh but we'll see we'll see how it happens but clearly you have sasha and charlotte back on the same brand again so you know you kind of know that they're going to go to that at some point uh, probably sooner rather than later perhaps with that i think drew mcintyre is one of the biggest winners here because you know for drew he had kind of been in that spot where after he lost the title to Bobby Lashley and ultimately, you know, was not able to regain it from Lashley when I think there were times where we kind of maybe thought he was going to, Drew just has not, you know, been, I think he, he still he still feels like a star. Like he still feels like a top star in WWE. I don't, I don't want to make that statement because that he does. Like he's still a top star, but like he's lost some momentum from, you know, losing the championship and, and we know like the, the challenges that came along for him, with being the champion during the you know pandemic era and all of this, and now I think this gives him that fresh start. There was really nothing else for him to do on Raw. Um, now you know he has weekly, not just you know that Survivor Series match he had with Roman Reigns. Now he has a reason, perhaps, to interact with Reigns on a weekly basis. That's only going to help McIntyre, I think. Uh, so I think this gives him a lot of other you know different possibilities now, fresh opponents. That's good. I think for someone like Drew McIntyre. Um, so I, I like the move for him. And I think this is one of the ones that we all kind of expected uh, with just the way they had built it up. I mean, he had lost some matches, you know, going out and everybody always compares it sort of the territories where guys lose, lose matches going out of the territories and they wind up somewhere else um, where, you know, not, not really anyone you know, cares too much about what happened on the other uh, territory and all this. So that's kind of the, the approach here, I think. And, you know, he's going to have that match with Big E a crown jewel for the WWE title. I mean, barring anything unforeseen, I think we understand that Big E's probably gonna win that match. Uh, but I think just gives, you know, this gives you a, a different dynamic here and gives you something I think for Drew McIntyre to kind of, you know, sink his teeth into with some different possibilities. Uh, so I like the move for him. I think it's gonna work out well. You know, Jeff Hardy is another one. We talked about him in the Austin Theory thing. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, did they use that same sort of Formula with Jeff Hardy. You would assume before they make the switch here, he's going to have that match with Austin Theory if Theory wins. Same situation where Hardy kind of, you know, does the favor on his way out to the next next town, which is SmackDown. Um, but Jeff kind of teased the new character and all this other stuff. So maybe Jeff is someone you could throw into the mix against the Roman Reigns on a pay-per-view. Uh they could certainly go that route. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So I think that's a that's a possibility for Jeff Hardy. The Usos stay on SmackDown, even though they tried to play that up as a possible. You know, switch and stuff. We we all knew that was never going to happen. Um, they just you know it was a little suspense, but that suspense was removed pretty quickly uh, on Raw. So the use of stay, Gender Mahal is now on SmackDown. I assume maybe they go back to, you know, having more feuds between uh, Drew and Gender. I don't think so, but you know, again, it goes back to the split we talked about with with Veer and Shanky. Shanky's on SmackDown. Gender's there now, so I assume they'll keep those two, you know, in a combination. It's in some form or fashion, but. Um. Still, I guess you know there's possibilities there. Uh, who else? I mean, the New Day going back to SmackDown should should we be surprised? No. I mean, it's I didn't really think that they were they were going to keep the New Day together on Raw, and this was just a sign of that. Let's just let's move Kofi and Xavier to SmackDown. And then even that short-lived reunion, uh, I I just felt it was a WWE thing where they were going to move New Day back, and and I think it's fine because we've seen, you know, as much as I. I like the new day reunions and uh, love them together as a group. Like they are, they are doing a very good job thus far. I think with the Big E title run, and I think having him solo is not the worst idea in the world. Um, just to have him, you know, kind of this sort of evolve his character and do different things because he has come across as a a strong champion. I think if he beats Drew McIntyre, Crown Jewel gonna be an even stronger champion. Uh, so I think they they have. I will give them credit on that. They've done a good job with Big E thus far. So. I think making the switch, moving you know Kofi and Xavier back to SmackDown, I, I don't hate it. So um, We did mention, too, that uh, Mace and T-Bar got split up, so there was another <laughs> subtraction to the tag team division, although I don't think they really ever had a whole lot of uh, expectations for those two, so I don't know if you necessarily call them uh, perhaps some of the, the biggest uh, winners or losers coming out of this because uh, I don't really think Solo, uh, I don't have high expectations for what WWE is going to do with them, but we will see. Of course, the most important thing is uh, Baron Corbin or excuse me, Happy Corbin and Mad Cap Moss are going to be on Smackdown. They're staying there, so that's good for the Fox ratings, uh, having those two uh, there in those, uh, those prime spots uh, with these two. So what a duo. I uh, gotta to give them credit on that. Um, elsewhere, you know, we talked about the Natalia Tamina split. Uh, Naomi, she stays on SmackDown, so that's something else, you know, for people who are still kind of waiting and wondering, could she factor into the bloodline and all that, uh, that is something that they could do, uh, potentially, so she stays on SmackDown to keep that possibility there. Ricochet, I've been trying. You know, we go back to some of the things we talked about. We go all the way back to Money in the Bank. I said, boy, coming out of this, Ricochet looked great in that match. I wonder if it's possible, if they're really going to go with this and do something with Ricochet. Well, they didn't, and now he goes to SmackDown. Will anything change? I, I don't have high hopes for it, so... Uh, I'm not sure about Ricochet, even though, you know, once we said, like, people who are making moves that haven't really done a whole lot, it's good, like, that's a good thing for them, uh, I think, so it's at least something that you could point to and say, well, that could be a positive, Uh, so we'll see if that's the case for Ricochet, but um, I think, you know, remains, we just have not, there's no reason to be optimistic about this when it comes to Ricochet, Um, though, we'll see, we'll see if they do anything with him. Uh, On that, Sami Zayn stays on SmackDown. Um, You know Sasha. We talked about her. Shayna Baszler is an interesting one because we've seen them really push her here recently uh, with some of these attacks on Eve Marie and Nia Jax. So I think that is uh, that is one that I'm excited to see because I think for Shayna Baszler they're at least establishing her once again as this kind of you know loner character who can just go out and and kick ass. And I think that's all she has to do uh, because it works. And I hope they go with that here and. I think now she's got a pretty interesting mix of people to work with in terms of stars. Like, she's got Charlotte there. She's got Sasha there. Um, And, you know, so I think that, you know, they could go the the route with Natalya and some of these others. Uh, Tony Storm, like we said, Zia Lee. I mean, the Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee. That's an interesting dynamic. So I like that, that, you know, there's at least possibilities for her on SmackDown. Sheamus, I talked about Sheamus. I think Sheamus is still one of the most underrated people in WWE. Uh, He just he just delivers like I think that everything he does is usually uh, a lot of fun and I'm not saying that every match he has is five stars or anything but I just think Sheamus is one of those guys that absolutely rock solid you know what you're going to get out of him and now that he moves to SmackDown there's some more possibilities do you know do they go the route of potentially pairing him once again with Cesaro do they bring the bar back and do you have those guys maybe uh, in a in a babyface form do they go after the Usos or something like that I think there's also uh, possibilities there, and you know, Sheamus is someone that I think you could, you know, find some different things from to do from singles feuds. Although, you know, we've already seen it with, with Drew McIntyre, we've seen it with Jeff Hardy. Um, I guess they're, you know, they could go to Seamus and Cesaro. Sure, they could go back to that. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Sheamus because he is someone that you know was kind of slotted in a in a top tier role. But I don't necessarily know, you know, right off the bat what did they, they do with him? So there is some intrigue with that. We mentioned the Shotzi and Tegan Knox thing, the split up. We'll see what it means for Shotzi. You know, is it gonna be a good thing? Is it gonna be a bad thing? Don't know. Tony Storm, are they gonna do anything with her? I would hope so. Um, you know, is it one where maybe they finally take, you know, a more consistent approach to finding things to do with her uh and, and featuring her more? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have to in some of these spots, but I mean now this is where you do have Charlotte, you do have Sasha. Um, you can, you know, put some of these and, and really, you know, maybe have a better chance of establishing people like Tony Storm and uh, Shotzi and some of these others we mentioned as call-ups. Uh, so that's a possibility as well. But uh, that's kind of the the overall. I think that, you know, again, we didn't go through every single person that was drafted, but there's there's a lot of different, you know, people there that you can kind of look at and say, all right, I can see the possibilities, but I can also understandably... Uh, be in a position where not having a lot of optimism about what they're going to do here, and um, so I think that's that's understandable when you come out of the draft. But I don't love the draft concept. We've we've talked about it before. I mean, I just don't. I think that there's just it's how they do it. Sometimes is the biggest thing, and is it going to be able uh, to work out for all parties? We know it's not going to work out for everyone, but it is an opportunity to create new stars, and it gives you perhaps fresh matchups. Uh, even though we've seen a lot of ones just due to the number of rematches and such we've seen in WWE, uh, you know, over the past year or two now, but but it gives you an opportunity to have a fresh start for some of these people and really try to you know build some some new stars. And I think that's always the case here with a draft: is can you take some of these people who were perhaps doing nothing on another brand or in a very low spot? Can you make them a star? on a different brand? Can you give them something that people can get behind? That's the question. Um, and as we know, too, there are still a lot of people out there. You know, there's Brock, um, Bailey, who's injured. We go down the list, like Asuka, uh, Elias, I'm pulling this up from our free agent list uh, we have on 41Mania.com one of our stories. Eve Marie, uh, Grand Metalik, Lindsay Dorado, Lacey Evans, Shane McMahon, Slapjack, Titus O'Neil, John Cena, Harry Smith, uh, those are all uh, listed on WWE.com as the free agents coming out of this. So there are some people still, you know, once Bailey returns, that will create an interesting dynamic for whichever brand she's on. Asuka, same situation, uh, I think. And then, you know, the Brock thing, I, I don't, you know, Brock and John Cena, even though they list them as free agents, I think we kind of know what the nature is going to be. Brock's not going to be there every week. Uh, you know, we, Cena's not, you know, we don't know when Cena's going to be back at this point. So, Uh, those are kind of understandable but we'll see we'll see what happens Um, I think there were some good things they did in this draft I think as always there were some things that you kind of scratch your head about when it comes to splitting up some of these teams for seemingly no reason Uh, and just how they do the draft itself I've kind of just come to be like all right we know that when you're picking certain people behind like the draft order to me does not make any difference anymore because we know how they come about the process of doing the draft order, I have no idea. It's not a traditional draft where you're basically going from top to bottom. You're just kind of all over the place. Um, you know, because otherwise, why are some of these people getting drafted ahead of the others? I get it, but that's what Dota B has stuck to, and that's just the way they do it. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it kind of is what it is uh, from their standpoint when they do that. So there are some thoughts on the draft. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts as well. You can uh, let us know what you think over at 411mania.com. Uh, check out everything we got going on over there our news, reviews, uh, columns, everything uh, over there. Probably going to do uh, some written stuff here on the draft uh, as well on the site, so be able to check that out uh, at 401mania.com. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for 401 on wrestling, uh, and uh, continue to leave us a nice five star rating and review that just helps show reach more people. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Got a lot of stuff uh, in the works uh, headed up over there, so uh, check that out on there, and uh, as always, we'll have a link to the GoFundMe, the Larry Saucas family in the show notes, so be sure to continue to share and contribute to that if you can, and uh, everything else, 411mania.com but uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast